are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thank you for that wonderful intro break. Uh, I I held back a tear, man. I ain't going to lie. held back a tear. It's always good to be able to share with my BA family. Uh, It's probably been almost a year now. And uh, I'm just thankful for the team. You know, they've actually protected me. I had had a few health challenges. and something going on with my mouth. And I was like, guys, just I can't do it. And it was like, we'll take care of you. We'll look out for you. But now I'm back. And, and hopefully it's a, it's a word of encouragement to you today. And, and it's just a go season. Does anybody just kind of feel that? Like, even though there's a bunch of stuff that's going on, like, this is just a go season. Who feels that? All right. All right. Well, uh, kind of like per my custom, I, I like to have a little bit of, teeny bit of worship before I start. Y'all want to just worship with me a little bit? So, um... Blake was mentioning Bassam. Is anybody on the fence right now about uh, whether or not they should do Bassam? Anybody? Are you online? Anybody on the fence about whether or not you should do Bassam? Uh, if the Lord is pulling in your heart to go, go. Uh, it, it's a supernatural school. It's, it's not just to go to the pulpit. It's not your normal school. It's a supernatural school. And I just give so much prop to the leadership that's there. Blake is a director. Uh, we have some wonderful leaders, but if your desire is to go, please go. Amen? I'm, I'm your confirmation today. Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in first year, I'll never forget this wonderful soloist by the name of Jen Stockman. Every time she would finish one of her messages, she would sing this song, and she didn't know that this is actually one of my personal favorites too, so we're just gonna sing this around a couple of times, the chorus of this, amen? So now let's do a louder sign. Hey! 
Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Music has been uh, such a huge part of my life. And uh, man, when I got born again, uh, the, the radical group of people I was with, we just pray and just worship all night and just play stuff like that. And it uh, brings me great pleasure. You know, time is an amazing thing. Where you at, Danny? Guys, there you are. Uh, me and Danny, we played 14, 15 years ago at another church here in Atlanta. So uh, it's kind of like full circle seeing him up here playing the bass. Well, guys, I, I want to get into uh, our text today. And it's something that's very, very important to me. Uh, it's so interesting that, that Blake was the one that introduced me today. One of the things that I constantly talk to people about is the way that we see things. The way that we see things. I'm probably the most awkward speaker because I'm going to have to be ducking up under here a little bit. But I like to kind of be close. You know, we got a camera right there. And back in the day, I would like walk around and stuff. So, so just bear with me, okay? I'm going to just duck, okay? We're here and here. Uh, I, I greet you today on the camera. Uh, I'm thankful for you joining in today. And I pray that you'll receive a blessing as well. Amen? But uh, we always talk about, uh, about how people see. And, and one of the gifts that Blake has that, that he's very well known for, he's a bit of a rock star in this area, right, in the Christian community, he's a prophet. And how does he begin his messages? All the time. What does he see? Angels and demons, right? But when he deals with people, what, what's been so inspirational is that he always points out the gold and the angelic in people's life. He might see something else that's there, but he's not focusing on that. He's actually focusing on what he sees that could allow the person to be edified, allow the person to be strengthened and encouraged, right? Well, we're all called to do that. And you might not write a book, and you might not necessarily become a prophet, but we're all called to see according to the way heaven sees, aren't we? Because we deal with a lot of people, don't we? There's a lot of stuff going on right now, isn't it? And it's important for us to be able to have heavenly eyes to be able to see what God is wanting to see in this hour. What am I talking about? Let's talk about how God sees. In Luke 19, Luke 19, and we're going to go with chapters 1 through 10. And we're going to be reading the story of Zacchaeus. Who remembers that song when they were a little kid? How's it go? Zacchaeus was a little man was... And what? <laughs> uh-huh. What happened? Jesus said, you come down, right? I'm going to your house today. Man, I used to love that song as a little boy. But, but now, in light of what, what I presented to you about being able to see, let's look at this story, and I want to point out a few things in this story that's absolutely relevant to where we are today. Because I will say this, I love Corinthians when it says this one little verse, 1 Corinthians 14, and Paul is talking about tongues. But he says this little snippet of a sentence that's always, that I've always marveled at. And he said, there are all kind of voices in the world, and none of them are without significance. There are all kind of voices in the world, 
and none of them are without significance. In other words, there's different kind of languages, there's different kind of ways of speaking, but all of these things are trying to communicate something with you. Am I correct? And one of the ways how we communicate with as believers, one of the ways how we get language is through our eyes. What do we see? When we look on TikTok, when we look on Facebook, what kind of emotions come when we see something that vexes us? But God is wanting to give us a different kind of eyes, and we're going to see that in the story of Zacchaeus today. Amen? Let's look at this. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Wow, he was IRS and a baller. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. He was hungry, right? But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. He was mini-me. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about, about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Now let's stop right there. I think it was the reason why they presented to us early on who Zacchaeus was. If you know a little bit about the background, like Zacchaeus was a Jew, but he was working for the Romans, for the Roman IRS, so to speak. That's what we would equate it to today. And he was rich and he would overcharge people and overtax people. And because of that, he wasn't a very popular guy. But what did Jesus say to him? What did we just read? What did Jesus say to Zacchaeus? I'm coming to your house today. Can you imagine if, let's use Bill Johnson. Let's use the person who you've witnessed as your greatest enemy or the person who you think isn't popular on TikTok and you see Bill Johnson on a clip said, I'm coming to your house today. What would you think about that? Huh? The person who you probably demonize a little bit in your eyes. And then you see Bill saying, I'm coming to your house today. Like, just tell me, who would just say, oh, wow, that was a favorable thing? <laughs> I didn't see too many hands. If you put your hand up, you know, you're just being goody-goody today, but I know the truth, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, Jesus was seeing, see, now I'm ducking multiple things. See, there's a cobweb right here. See, when you're tall, you get cobwebs and corners all the time. <laughs> so let me get away. Let me take care of that right there. But... The thing was, Jesus was seeing differently than what everyone else saw. I know one of the Beatitudes says, blessed in, are the pure in heart, for they shall what? Did you know that the name Zacchaeus means pure? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's go down a little further because I'm going to give you all of this. And what they saw it, here it goes. They saw it on Facebook, saw it on YouTube. What did they do? They all grumbled. He has gone bound to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look at what happened. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have defrauded anyone of anything I restored fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, somebody say today. today, salvation has come to this house. Since he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of man, what did he come to do? 
He came to seek and save that which was lost. Hmm. Let's see some of these elements in the story that we could probably relate to and, and what we need to get back to. You see, there's a deep need for the gospel to rest in the hearts of God's people once again. There's a deep need for us to look in the light of his Lord, glory and grace and be able to see how we ought to function in the world. We ought to be people who are perpetuating the gospel everywhere we go, right? Shouldn't we be seeing the lens of in the light of his glory? We just sung it, right? That's the way God is inviting us to see the world because just as surely as he is the son of man who came to seek and save that which is lost. What do you think our call is? What do you think our mission is in this hour, which has never changed, by the way? Because we know very clearly at the end of Matthew, at the end of Mark, there was something called the Great Commission. And so how many people here are born again? How many people call Jesus Lord? Well, guess what? Whoever raised their hand came to seek and save that which was lost. Ha ha, you got tricked. You did. You enlisted in the army already, and he poured out grace that you would make a decision and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. How many Jesus followers do we have out here today? How many people realize that everywhere we go, we have an opportunity to be both salt and light every single place that we go. Let me give you a little story about that. So this week is a very special week. I celebrated 22 years of, of, of marital bliss, except, except for yesterday when I made her mad. Where's my queen Kimberly? Where is she? Where is she? Where's my baby? Oh, <laughs> there she is. 22 beautiful years. And, uh, we went out to California, and uh, we did some boats up, and we just had a great time out there. And I'll never forget, you know, there was this, like a little area where they were serving drinks and things of that nature, and so I wanted me a soda, you know, I wanted me a soda. And I'll never forget, there were some young ladies who were just behind the bar, and they were into all kinds of stuff. And we had people like who were with the wedding party, and they were into all kinds of stuff. But guess what, guys? I wasn't afraid of their lifestyle. I wasn't afraid that it was two people of the same gender holding. I wasn't afraid. Why? Because I came to seek and save that which is lost. I came to be salt and light. And guess what they did for me? They were hanging around me. Kim, Kim almost had this, give me a word. But guess what they were saying? He had, dude, he has so much energy. This is California. You know how California people are. He has so much energy. He's good energy, guys. And they were bringing their friends around me. And later on in the night, the people we went to go see out there while we were out there, they said, oh, he's a pastor. And you should have seen how wide their eyes open. Like, they see we're in this lifestyle, but he's not judging me. Why should I judge him? I see something different. While others might just see on the surface two people of the same gender holding hands, I see somebody who's whole. 
I see somebody who knows the proper image in which they were made in. I see somebody who's desperately calling out for something and they have this place of emotion that they're clinging on to. So I have mercy on them. I don't have fear that I'm going to get sin cooties. I don't. Why? And, and I'm so thankful, like, I don't ever mind being a broken record about my own personal testimony. You know, uh, I was a soldier in Germany, and, and I played basketball, and I worked in a hospital, and I did all this stuff. And just one of the guys who was on my team, he knew I had a smart mouth. He knew that every chance I get, man, if you cross me, I got a quick jab for you, you're going to get it. He knew that, man, girls around, all, he knew all that stuff about me, but he wasn't scared. This is what he did to me. He showed me love. He showed me kindness. He invited me over his house to eat and didn't try and stuff a whole Bible into my mouth while I'm eating. He just cared for me and treated me like he saw me because he saw this man. He didn't see the guy who would get angry and, and try and take rims down just because he got mad during basketball. He didn't see that guy. He saw something different. And because of that, like, this guy can speak to you today because there was somebody who saw something different on me. So who are we when we see different people groups? We see a different political persuasion that we don't agree with. Who are we to call the darkness out? We need to be calling the light out. We need to be saying that whoever this is or whatever persuasion that they're, his arm is not too short to save. His, his arm is not too short to transform. His arm is not too short for bring a person and translate a person from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Because, man, we all got our stories, man. We, we could talk about who had the deepest sin inside this crowd. We could go and we could talk about all that kind of stuff. But the one thing that we have in common is that we all have a story and that we all have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Look at Jesus. I like Jesus. He's a, he's a pretty awesome guy. Is this Jesus' way all the time? Is, is this the way Jesus does things? Is, is, is this the way Jesus flowed? Okay. Well, let's, let's look at another scripture here. Let's look at Matthew and let's go to chapter 4, and we're going to go to uh, verses 12 to 22. And I'm just going to begin reading. Now, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, so that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Huh. Go, start right there. Who are the Gentiles? Those are the people. Say it. You can say it. You're part of my message. Huh? You, me, right? The people, oh, the people that aren't Jews, right? Who didn't know God. Jesus didn't go to where the priests were when he started his earthly ministry. He came out the place of temptation Angels came and ministered to him, and he went down to where the Gentiles were. Okay. Do we need further proof? Okay. He says this. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. 
dude, you have so much energy, dude. And for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And if you look down further, Jesus says, begin preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is right now. By walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. So where did Jesus call his first disciples from? Does it say that he went to the the tabernacle and labored there three days and fasted in prayer? Where did he go? He went to the place of darkness. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's risen from the dead and he is Lord. That's the one we follow, right? They went to the place of darkness. Where is the place of darkness that you go to every day? Is it your place of work? Is it your family, maybe? I'm asking a question. Because we all have it. It's kind of built into us because we're salt and light. And it's almost God, the ultimate CEO, right? He knows where the, where the place is at, right? He knew he had to put me in the army. <laughs> that, that was the place where I was going to receive. But just think about it right now. Think about the people that you can't stand. Let's just be real. I don't like Christianese very much. Think about the people that you're like, oh, man, I'm around the water cooler and everybody's cursing and cursing. What do you think God sent you there for? God sent you there for that. God sent you there for that. And regardless of age, God has strategically placed you in these places so that you might declare light out of darkness. Because the Son of Man came to do what? Seek and save that which was lost. Hmm. Let's talk about some practical things that you can do. Now, Let's talk about uh, relational evangelism because this is the way Jesus did it, right? He made disciples through relationship, right? Relationship is nothing but the connect point between objects, people, it's, it's, uh, points. It's a connect point. Relationship, the way you relate. Husbands and wife relate different from friends. Huh? The X and the Y axis, they're both really they're pure points, but they relate a certain way. Everything relates a certain way. So in having these different relationships, realtor to client. <laughs> how, how, how do we relate in these different ways? So God has placed you in relationships with many kind of people. Jesus' way of evangelism was through relationships. He spent time with these guys over a period of time. And I want you to recognize something that happened in the story of Zacchaeus in relation to that. Did Jesus tell him to give back fourfold? Jesus didn't tell him to give back fourfold. What happened? Holy conviction came upon him because he said, I'm going to connect to you, Zacchaeus. Your hunger, Mr. Pure, has attracted me, and I'm going to come to you. I'm going to bring light to you. And when he brought light to him, he began to get transformed. I submit this to you today, that those areas that you're in, that you might have felt like, man, I just need to be a perpetual critic. 
Let me tell you something about being a perpetual critic. It has no power. It ha it's powerless. All criticisms do is engender strife. It never brings light to anyone. It doesn't mean that you skirt over issues. It doesn't mean that you don't address stuff when you need to. But if you're trying to win, oh my God. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> oh my God. Oh man, it just touched my heart. My boy. It, <laughs> it just, that doesn't mean what doesn't skirt off. That just made me lose my whole message, guys. Y'all pray for me, point hands to me and just da 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 da. But, <laughs> but, but the criticism have no power because God has given us this great treasure in earthen vessels, right? Because he's given us this great treasure in earthen vessels, we can do something about what we see in the world. We can do, we're not powerless. One of the reasons why I gave the, the uh, example a couple weeks ago during the transition time about those guys who had just got born again who were laying hands on one another. These guys weren't born again 10 to 15 years. How many people you know that have been born again forever will not pray for anybody? Your qualification is Jesus. Your justification is Jesus. Your right standing becomes, comes from Jesus. And because of that, you aren't powerless, my friend. Even if you got born again yesterday, you've got something to share because you've been translated from this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And if you don't know something, get somebody with you that can help articulate it better. But man, you are not powerless in that environment. My man Robert up here, fireman. God called you right there, man. He placed you specifically in that place to be the light in that area. I know a lot of occupations in here, and they're not religious occupations, but it's where God has called you to because Acts 17 is very clear. It says that it is in him that we live and move and have our being, and he chose the boundaries and the times by which men may live. Uh-oh, God set you up. The time that you're in right now, David, God set you up. God set you up for this particular time. And this is the thing, this is the reason why I ask, why do we see what we see? Because when I'm looking through heaven's point of view at everybody, my eyesight is just a little bit different concerning everybody. I don't care if it's somebody who considers themselves my enemy. I don't care if it's that family member who they've just been hooked on stuff forever and they're causing all kinds of issues in the family. Me and my wife have seen it. God wants to touch them too. I got a sister, man. She was hooked on crack so bad. I got born again, newly born again. I told the guys, man, that I worked in the emergency room. I told the guys at x-ray, and they were like, oh, you got born again? They were trying to joke me down, Blake. They were trying to joke me down. You, Jack Leg Pritchard, it was called me all kind of crazy stuff, man. You got born again? It's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really with Jesus. It's like, it's, it's not a facade, is it? I was like, no, I, I, I really did meet Jesus. And he gave me this little book, right? And he said, I want you to do three things. He said, this is, this is a book of prayer that me and my wife do. He said, I want you to pray for the people that don't know Jesus to get born again, people who are sick to get healed, and people who are already born again to get strengthened. 
So, man, I wrote my little list out, man, and I wrote a bunch of names on this thing, and every single night I would pray. Prayer still exists, guys. That's a little note right there, a little nugget. And I just remember this sister, man, the life that she led, I just knew, because I didn't hear from her for almost 17 years, I just knew she was dead. Just put it that way. I, I don't want to give up too much. I'm going to honor her. I just knew she was dead. She was number one on my list in that little book that the x-ray tech told me. How about five years ago, I opened up Facebook. I thought she was dead. And how about her see her up there? Praise the Lord. God is so wonderful. God is so great. How about uh, her, her niece, uh, my niece, her daughter, had got shot. She died. And she was forgiving the person who murdered her daughter. Y'all, when I talk about how out there my sister was, she was way out there. I mean, we had the police chief involved in our, at our house. I Man, I'm from the nation's capital. I mean, it was terrible. But she's born again now. Ha-ha, devil. You don't get that one. Ha-ha. You don't get that one. But see, the relationship that I had, my connect point with her was prayer. So you have people that are in your immediate vicinity. You have people that you can connect with with prayer. So number one practical point, pray. It sounds so simple. And, it's, and it takes long sometimes. And sometimes we're like, God, when is this going to happen for such and such? Because just yesterday they stole all the money out of my purse. And it hurts. And we don't want to pray for them. We want to curse them. Right? But God is saying, look, I want you to continue to be salt. I want you to continue to be light. Because there is going to come a time when I bring the conviction from heaven that in their own life, in relation to them, they're going to want to do the fourfold thing, whatever it is. My fourfold thing was music. Music was my God. Donnie, I used to make hip-hop tracks back in the day, man. I can't even dance right no more. Man, I'm saved, for real. <laughs> KB, I said, what is that, man? Man, that brother can play some ball. Great guy, man. That's a buddy. Anyway, I, I just... I, I just want to impress upon us today, guys, that we have to take our judgment hats off. We have to remove them. They carry no eternal weight. They don't have anything in the court of heaven. The court of heaven doesn't have anything to do with that. It might sound good to you to have an amen corner and people who agree with the fact that you have that point, but it's not changing anybody. Nobody's getting on their hands and knees and worshiping our Lord and sin in the light of his glory and grace. They can't stand to see you coming. That's why I always appreciate break, Blake. I always call him break. Why do I call you break, man? Break every chain, Blake. Break every chain. That's why I respect Blake, because he's decided to use his gift to uplift and build the kingdom rather than see everything that's wrong because he knows that there's no power in that. There comes a time when you have to address stuff, but to walk around every day with your judgment hat, man, we don't need the judgment hat. We need Jesus's heart. That's what we need. We need Jesus's heart every single day. And, and I love what, what you said about me, Blake. But the thing is, man, I can't dishonor you. I can't dishonor you. 
I don't care what you believe. I can't dishonor you. I see glory in you. I'm wanting it to spur you on. I'm wanting you to do greater things in the kingdom. I can't look at you any, or treat you any kind of way because what? You're precious. How would you handle a diamond if somebody put it in your hand? Would you just let it go? Oops, there's a diamond. Would you say, ooh, this is a nice little diamond. I'm going to shine it. So everywhere I see, every person I come into contact with is a diamond. They might be in a different process, because we know the term a diamond in the rough, right? They might be in a different part of their process. This side might be full of dirt, but this part got the edges in it and the lines and stuff like that. Who knows how to look at jewelry real good, the little lines. But each person is precious. And that's what I'm impressed upon us today. So let's give some practical tips for today. This is three things. You ready? Ask God. I love what James says. He gives liberally and he doesn't take it back. Ask God to give you a heart of patience and unconditional love for others, especially with those who I fundamentally disagree with all that they stand for. <sighs> oh, God. That, that one didn't feel good, I'm pretty sure, to some, because you can think about that barbershop argument you had just yesterday, right? Ask God for a heart of patience because the characteristic is love is what? Patient, right? First characteristic, okay. Ask God. Number two, to help you know men after the spirit and not after the flesh. Ask God. He will give it to you. He's a good God like that. I said three, but I have four. <laughs> I lied. Let the person of peace and shalom pervade every interaction with everyone. Look, I'm gonna give, can y'all give y'all evangelism tip? You ready? See, when we're spirit. We're not flesh first, we're spirit first. So when you come into contact with people and you feel icky in their presence, you can best believe they feel icky in your presence. I'm telling you what I know. It's a fact. We're spirit first. We're not flesh first. If we could just all unzip our earth suits right now and we could see what was all in here, right? All I see is glory. Isn't that what I said earlier? All I see is glory. But I want to make sure that when I leave here today, we all have this little bit of nugget of how to observe and see the world a little bit better. Number four, understand that as a child of the Most High, I, somebody say I, am part of God's plan to bring heaven to earth and healing to the world. Amen? Let's stand on our feet. So you might have been looking here, and it's easy for you to be, be back there. You could just make all the comments you want and just throw shoes at the TV and stuff. But I'm going to tell you, if, if that's you today, just, just lift your hands wherever you are, inside your bedroom, inside your living room, and just say, God, I know I'm a new creation. I want to be ambassador of your kingdom. I want to be one of those ones who seek and saves that which is lost. I want to have one. My, my heart of Jesus and not my judgment hat. If that's you, just, man, just whatever prayer that you do inside your living room between you and God, God's going to honor it in Jesus' name. 
And so here, I know everybody's standing up right now, but I like to be real and place, uh, and church is a place of healing, right? Right? So if you've had any kind of opposition in your heart, like if you feel like, man, I've been one of those people, I just can't stand those groups of people and, and things of that nature. Whatever it is, it could be regarding gender, it could be regarding sexuality, it could be regarding politics, whatever. Politics, let me say it clear, politics. Because I, I, I just glossed over that, didn't I? Politics. And you haven't been praying for them. And you know that there is something that's greater. And if you realize that now I can see something that's different, just come to the front right now, just whoever you are. Just, just come to the front, man. And, and there's so much healing for you today. Just whoever you are, just come to the front. Just come to the front. Thank you. Thank you. Just come to the front. Because what God wants to... Listen. What God did with Zacchaeus, Mr. Pure, this is what God did with Zacchaeus. He restored him. He didn't say, you nasty tax collector. You nasty cheater, you. I know that all you do is defraud people. He never brought up any of that kind of verbiage, nor did he ignore the fact of who he was. But he carried something that was eternal and deeper. And he knew from this point that Zacchaeus could not just change for now. Look, I'm about to give you a free nugget. Zacchaeus, when he died, y'all can look it up. He became a saint. Zacchaeus, when he died, he became a saint. His life changed. There's a whole region, uh, man, I can't even pronounce it. It's like Rockmador or something like that. And it became like a, uh, like a tiny mecca of sorts where uh, religious stuff and happenings. To this very day, people were vacationed there. And this happened as a result of Jesus touching Zacchaeus in his lifetime. We're talking about eternal things, right? So these that are right here, just point your hands to them because these are our brothers and our sisters. These are our brothers and our sisters, and I'm about to fall. And we love them. It's just Father, right now, I bless these right now. I thank you that the power of God flows through their veins. I thank you that the heart of Jesus rests in them. And God, I just declare right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would just touch, touch their eyes. Just put your hands in your eyes really quick. Just put your hands in your eyes and just say, Lord, touch my eyes that I might see as you do, that I might see every man through your eyes and that I might love unconditionally in Jesus' mighty name. And God, I just pray that your precious power just rest upon them. God, let their, their particular lives be more different today than ever before. I thank you, Father, they don't have the judgment hearts. God, I thank you that the heart of Jesus rests in every last one of them. Heart of Jesus, 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 that it rests upon them now. Give them a supernatural grace right now, Father, because they're coming after you in Jesus' mighty name. So at this time, could our ministry team come forward? Thank you all for being so brave and coming forward, and I bless you. I bless you, and there was no harm in coming up today. 
because you are ones who will go get the lost because you carry Jesus' heart. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. He's made all things new. Amen? If anybody needs a healing for anything, come forward. Old headache, old backache, old footache, old toothache, old heartache. Come down, get some healing and some ministry from our team. If anybody needs to rededicate their life to Christ, if anybody says, man, I ain't been feeling like I've been rolling with Jesus like that lately. I just came here to check the block today. Man, you need some fresh fervor and fire. Come on down to get some prayer today. Also, we have our prophetic teams over here on our right. And, and last but certainly not least, if you've never confessed Jesus as Lord, if you've never invited him into your life, come on down and see our brother over here in the blue in Jesus' mighty name. Other than that, guys, remember what we talked about today. Search the scriptures for yourself. Have some prayer, some personal time with God and ask him to illuminate to you how you can be effective in those places of darkness. Because every person that I'm seeing right here with my eye, every person that's online, you have a divine calling from God to be where you are. Amen. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.